Call us, 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount+. Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount+. Plus. Ah. Nothing hits like good morning on a Friday. That's true. We know we normally have football music. Hey, nothing to say, but what a day. How's your boy been? 406. Our boy Our boy Brunson's been unbelievable. Good morning. Cashman, not so much. The two main themes of the show, Brunson and Cashman. It's how I like it. The Knicks, nine in a row. Brunson, an all-star. Randall, an all-star. Waiting for more news on his injury. I, I, I guess I'm the only one who's not I heard Marco positive about He's avoided surgery, at least for now. I'm concerned. I mean, he's, they're going to reevaluate him in two to three weeks. Why didn't, if that was, if it was just, hey, we're going to kick it down the line for three weeks, why wasn't that announced Monday? Why on Thursday? Like, I just think, you know, I think, He's probably hurt more than they're leading on. I think he's going to be gone for a while, but that doesn't seem to matter. No Randall, no problem. No OG, no problem. No Grimes, no problem. That one's a little more obvious. But the Knicks and and Jalen Brunson is an absolute star, and the Knicks are on fire. And they have won nine games in a row. It didn't stop at the Garden as they took on the Pacers. It didn't matter that they fell 15 points behind in the first half. It didn't matter. They were down 10 in the third quarter. This team, it didn't matter. They shot 20% from behind the arc. 21%. This is the NBA in 2024. Who shoots 20% and still wins and comes from behind and beats a team that they were down 15 points against. How do you do that? You know how you do that? You get 60 rebounds. And you have guys like Achua stepping up. And you have guys like Hardenstein getting 19 rebounds and all these putback points and second chance points. And then you have Brunson getting 40 points again and leading this team to victory. And, I mean, right now they just step. Achua gives them big minutes. Achua's get 16 rebounds in this game. It's unbelievable. However they need to do it, they will do it. And I understand that, you know, the Pacers aren't, I mean, the how who cares at some point what the team is? I mean, and the Pacers are a playoff team. And I understand Halliburton was on minutes, on a minute restriction, played 22 minutes in this game, didn't play down the stretch. But this team right now, it's remarkable what they're doing. It's remarkable what he's doing. He's an all-star for the first time in his career in the postgame. He's practically in tears, given the on-the-court interview after the game, as MVP chants are raining down from one of the more loud garden crowds we've heard in a long time for a regular season game. I mean, it was intense there. The fan base is so behind this team and so behind this player that it's as much fun as we've had as Nick fans in forever. And... Like, what they're able to do without, I mean, these these last couple of games without Randall and without OG have been incredible. Whether it's one night they need, you know, you need um, DiVincenzo to hit nine threes, that's what you get. The next night you need 60 rebounds and you need to out-rebound the, the you know, you need to get 24 offensive rebounds. Leading to putback points, if that's what you need, that's what you get. You got to out rebound them twenty four to nine on the offensive glass. That's what you do. 
And for me, the moment of the game and what really solidifies the toughness, and that, and that's what I think about with this Nick team, defense and toughness, because it's not – it's they shot 21% from behind the arc. This is this is a game where they they hustle. I mean, and that's what you need for rebounds and defense. What is it? It's it's determination and hustle and nobody. And that's the one thing as we as we really start to have the conversation as as you get past the rah rah stuff, how great the team is and how much we love it. As you get past all that and you start to focus on and we will and we do about you know, what should they do with the trade deadline or how good are they? Are they good enough to win a championship? Should I get my hopes up? Should what should, you know? Are are they really good enough to beat the Celtics as they lost to the Lakers without LeBron and without Anthony Davis last night? Are they good enough to beat the Celtics? Are they good enough to beat Giannis? Are they good enough to do this? As as, as we start to look at all that, you know what they do have in spades. What they're the best in the NBA at for sure is is hustle and determination. Because my God, look at what they're doing. Look at how they're winning these games. Without two of their three best players. I mean, McBride comes through and is the only one who hits three-pointers in this game. Like, it's just, it doesn't matter who needs to step up. They know their roles. They know how to, I mean, Hart, right? And I thought Tibbs was 100% right when he said this in the in the postgame. Hart goes 0 for 6. Doesn't, he scores five points. And it felt like there was a moment there, a, a couple of minutes stretch, where he was running the game and he was dominating the basketball game without scoring. Like his ability to run the court, his ability to, to make passes, his ability to extend plays, get rebounds, tip balls, all that. Like they are just, it's it's so much fun to watch. And to be down and to have that moment where they battle back, right? They're down 15 points. They're down 10 points. They battle all the way back. They take the five-point lead. And then they have that moment where Brunson gets hit in the face. The refs miss it. No call. He goes down to the ground. They really, they literally rip the ball out of his hands and put it up. And the Pacers go up a point. And from that moment on, like, they would have been, over this course of the stretch of this winning streak, there have been multiple times, right? There's been a lot of blowouts. But there's been multiple times where you could say, Hey, it's not going to last forever. And down 15 early in this game without OG again and without Grimes, you think, okay, look, it's not going to last forever. This Pacers team scores a lot of points. Halliburton's back. It's okay. Hey, I can't win them all. Then they're down 10 in the third quarter, same thing. And then in a moment where they they lose the lead they had, Brunson gets smacked in the face. He's rolling around in immense pain, covering his face. Well, we thought he got poked in the eye at first. No, he just got absolutely whacked in the face. They lose the lead, and immediately Brunson has an N1. They get the rebound off his missed foul shot and, and put it back in with a fadeaway from DiVincenzo, and they go on an 8-0 run and take complete control of the game in the last two minutes. Like, that is the epitome of what's going on here. They, they, work, they, they work their ass off to get the lead. They blow it. A play where an obvious foul doesn't get called and gives them uh, gives the the Pacers a chance to take the lead, and with two minutes left in the game, they go on an eight and zero run and take control of the game. That's the Knicks. That is the Knicks right now. They will not be denied. They will not be denied, and it's great to see. And we've had fun with it all morning. We're going to continue to have fun with this team. They take on the Lakers on Saturday at the Garden. Let's go. Let's go. What's the difference? Okay, uh, I hope OG plays, but if not, I expect to win. 
That's where we are with the Knicks right now. And whatever it takes, whatever it takes, you see guys step into their role and know it perfectly. And that's what's like you watch this team. It's Tibbs just won coach of the month. He deserves any accolade you could throw at him. And as much as he's been a little bit maligned, you know, over the course of his tenure here, and we talk about how much he runs players into the ground. It's been a problem his whole career going back to, you know, the Bulls and Rose. Uh, obviously, in Minnesota, there was issues there, too. Whatever, right? There's a ceiling to his style of play. You know, he's the kind of guy who gets you there but doesn't get you over the hump, that kind of thing. Well, right now, he's got a team that knows exactly what they need to do. He said, And this was telling to me, too, like he says in the postgame. He talked about early in the game, they got off to a bad start, and Indiana got off to that lead because they were getting beat on the boards. And then they proceed to get 60 rebounds. So it's like he literally said, look, guys, we're getting killed on the boards. That needs to change. And that changed. And it was the reason for the win. And it's what what's what turned around the game. It's it's at the point right now where Leon Rose recognizes a weakness, they go out and make a trade. Thibodeau recognizes a weakness, he knows how to plug it up. Thibodeau recognizes something that's going on in the game, he mentions it, it gets fixed. Like, they have their finger on the pulse of this team, and this group knows itself so freaking well and is led by a guy who's emerging to become a superstar and has taken the garden to heights we haven't seen in 30 freaking years that it's just this remarkable never-say-die, do-whatever-it-takes, and Brunson will take us there. And it's about as much fun I've had as a Nick fan in forever. And we're talking, I mean... Again, not that it's, this is the BL. I've done three opens. This, we, we've talked about the Knicks more in this last week than I, I have in the five years I've been doing shows. And certainly in the six months I've been doing them every day. Like It's just, it's in, it's incredible how much fun we're all having. And you could tell the garden just feels it, the, 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 the sound inside the garden. Listening, you know, Breen's bangs sound better. Everything sounds better. Everything tastes better. Everything is sweeter. That garden popcorn never felt so good going down your gullet. I mean, it's just, it's a remarkable time. And it's great to be a Nick fan right now. The baseball teams, not so much. Although, you know, I still feel pretty, fairly confident about the Yankees. The, the idea that the Baltimore Orioles swooped in and traded for Corbin Burns of the Milwaukee Brewers for an infield prospect... Uh, D.L. Hall, a pitching prospect, and a uh, the uh, first round thirtieth uh, overall pick, thirty fourth overall pick in the draft this year, really pissed me off. And I've been talking about Burns for a long time. And for me, this was the perfect guy for the New York Yankees. The perfect guy on an all in season, right? They don't want to pay Snell thirty million dollars. This is a guy making fifteen this year in arbitration. And you bring him in, you trade, whatever you need to trade, you get Burns here, he is a Cy Young winning ace. And you pair him at the top of the rotation with Cole to go along with the the, the Judge and Soto pairing in the middle of the lineup. It's a one-year thing, even if you move on from him, even if he doesn't stay here, even if he signs somewhere else. You are all in for 24, which is what you need to be with Juan Soto coming here without a contract for next year. And with guys like, you know... King Cohen, as I heard Sal and BT talking about today, about how that would be the one thing he swoops in and steals steals uh, Soto, and that'll make everything right inside Met fandom, and we'll all be back on track with what you know Big Dad, Big Uncle Steve provides. And obviously, for months we've been hearing Evan talk about 
you know, renting, renting the Bronx, buying Queens. So while the Dodgers, the money seems never endless, while now the Baltimore Orioles seem to suddenly be emerging as a team that could pay for, uh, pay for talent, you know, obviously Steve Cohen is waiting in the wings. They don't know if they're going to get him next year. I don't know if they're going to get him next year. This is a year to go all in when Juan Soto is still on the team and trading for Burns or now hopefully pivoting and trading for Bieber, trading for a legitimate ace that's a one-year proposition where that leaves them still money next year, where that's coming off the books, and a ton of guys are. You got Rizzo coming off the books. You got possibly Gleyber Torres coming off the books. You got Clay Holmes coming off the books. Obviously, Soto and Verdugo coming off the books. You could have a bunch of money next year available. The team might look completely different. This is the year to go get this guy and freaking go make yourself the best team in the division, the best team in the American League, and a favorite to win the World Series. And instead, they allowed the Baltimore Orioles, who were sold two days ago, to swoop in, make a trade like this, and now you feel like, it's a brand new it's a brand new villain in the American League East. They won 100 games last last year with this young talented group and now it feels like the fear of losing them has subsided. That was the you know as you watch the Orioles they yeah, had great they'll be good for 2 years and then all these guys will be Yankees and Red Sox and and uh Mets and Dodgers. And instead now it feels like geez, they're willing to do this. They could they could sign tomorrow. The announcement could be he signs a five year contract. They're going to pay Mountcastle. They're going to pay uh, Rushman. They're going to pay all these guys, Gunnar Henderson. And before you know it, now you got a dynasty, or at least I, you know it's a bit premature. The word came out of my mouth, but you know what I mean. You have a young, talented team under contract for a long time, battling with you for a long time, and you allowed that first salvo to be fired right across the bow with a pitcher you should have had. And as much as I respect Cashman, as much as I'll defend him when he needs defending, he was caught sleeping this morning, yesterday. Caught sleeping. Because, oh, he's not really available. Oh, we'll wait till the trade deadline when the Brewers decide to move on from him. And instead, a new ownership group that stepped in two days ago figured out a way to make it happen. Well, Brian Cashman's just waiting around. He's not signing relievers. What exactly are you doing? Now they have to do something. They have to respond. And I don't say this much because I hate saying it. And I even scolded a caller earlier in the show for saying it. Here's the one time I'll say it. The one time. If George were alive, and I hate saying it. If George was with us, he would fire back. I don't know if he'd go out there and buy everybody. I don't know if he would have made sure Harper was here. I don't know about all that. What I do know is the new kids on the block who just bought the Orioles come and take one right from under our nose, you fire back. So now it's time for the Yankees to figure out a way to fire back. And the only way, it's not with a reliever. It's with a starting pitcher, and it's with a legit starting pitcher, and it's with someone who's better than Stroman. It's a top-of-the-rotation starter to solidify this, this rotation. And I fear it's not coming. In fact, I'm pretty damn sure of it. Not happy. Not happy with my Yankees. I'm thrilled with the Knicks. 877-337-6666. We've also been taking calls on Bill Murray as we've had a little fun this week with your favorite actor-type uh, topic. Today, I chose Bill Murray. You can give me your favorite Bill Murray movie. We can talk Knicks and Yankees. It's 40 minutes left to do it. Let's get to Daniel in New York. What's up, Daniel? Hey, how are you? I'm doing great. How are um, you? 
Good. I've been listening for the last hour or so, and not only uh, well, well, Murray, I, well, I was Rob, on Rob at midnight, you know. I mean, what were you doing before that? What do you mean the last hour or so? I've been on since midnight. Where were you? Nah, I do crossword puzzles. You, do, you, like do, you couldn't even say sleep. First of all, I hate to – now I'm being sick. Can you lower the radio or whatever? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. thank you. Sorry, I'm not used to nah, that's doing okay. that. But no anyway, um, I love Good Morning Vietnam and Patch but, Adams. Okay, now that's – As far as – Those are Robin Williams a comedian, movies, but, yes. but he's a great actor. Who is that? Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Well, he's a com- – you, you don't think he's a great comedian? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He's one of the funniest that were the most intelligent we ever out there. No but doubt. as far as his acting ability, I think he, as far I, as yeah. Good Morning Vietnam and Patch Adams. Those are my favorite movies. Yeah, no, listen, I, I, I don't disagree with Good Morning Vietnam. And I I do I, I I've always said this. I do think Robin Williams is the best uh comedic actor. Like or or comedian turned actor. Like his serious roles are the best as far as comedian. Nobody's touched his ability to just straight up be an actor who started as a comedian. At least uh, you could might pull one up. I do think Jim Carrey's had some good roles. I do. Um, I think he was very good in the Truman Show. Um, there's been a handful of different type roles for Jim Carrey. Adam Sandler is another one. I think he's done some really good work. But for me, if you look at the Fisher King, if you look at, um. Good Morning Vietnam, as the caller just said. If you look at Awakenings with Robert De Niro, if you look at um, what's the one he won the Oscar for with uh, Goodwill Hunting, like if you look at all those roles, he is a phenomenal actor. That Goodwill Hunting monologue is just so good. It's just so good. Ralph in New Haven, what's up, Ralph? Hi, Ralph. Thanks for having me. You uh, got it, buddy. I'm not a Knicks fan, but I'm pulling for them because the Knicks have suffered long enough, and they, they, they it's great to have the NBA because the Knicks, the NBA really needs the Knicks to play well. I, th- um, I, th- I think the NBA, I, I do agree. With, let me just answer your question. I don't know if the if the NBA needs the Knicks necessarily, but they will get a boost. There is some. There is no oh, doubt yeah. about it. Whenever you can have a, well, you know, they could raise, use big raise now if they take the I mean, playoffs too well. Yeah. The Knicks, you know, in the Eastern Conference would be a big would be a big coup for the NBA, no doubt. Like I said, I'm not a Knicks fan, but I'm pulling for them. So, because New York, so New York had a, New York had a tough year all around, except, except for the Rangers. And so right, well, yeah, the sport, all of our sports teams, that is true. And yeah. I'm sorry about uh, that because I'm, I'm pretty a sure Robert I'm, I'm cursed. I mean, yeah. I love Bill Murray. Don't, don't get me wrong, uh, one of the best comedians. But when you when you talk about Robin, he's so diverse. I mean, you were talking about Aladdin. If you think about, he also did uh, Happy Feet, uh, Hook. Uh, Jamani, and he did a weird movie years ago called Garp. I don't know if you ever seen it. Was it the um, World According to Garp? Yes, yes. It was yeah, a, I've seen it. It's pretty uh, crazy. But it is a pretty I'm weird also, movie. Some of his top movies, are, uh, Dead Poets Society was one of my favorites. Yeah, oh, there's movies. another one. There's another great. Yeah, you're Poets, 100% right. There's another. Yeah, Moscow on the Hudson was pretty was Moscow on the Hudson. There's another great one. Robin Williams was another full. Yeah, he also did a, a serious roles that I like. I mean, uh, one of them was well, Miss Doubtfire was also another one that you can't forget well, too. I mean, yeah, that's a comedic role though. That's a comedy. It's a comedic role, but uh, he did, he played a movie with Al Pacino and was filmed the last called Insomnia. Yes, um, I know it well. It's actually the directed by Christopher Nolan. Um, yeah, I, I, I would, I would, I think it's a radar movie. I really like it, but yeah, I, is, I wasn't a fan of it. It's probably Chris. It's my least favorite Christopher Nolan movie for sure. Uh, but one movie he did, um, it was an independent film. Um, was one hour photo if you've ever seen it. I've seen one hour photo. Another uh, dark. Oh my God! It, it, yeah. it, was, it, was, it bordered. 
he played such a creep at border yeah. Derby. No, I mean, yeah, that's, was... how, that's how diverse he was. And no then he doubt. turns around, he, play, he plays Hamlet. You know, he played uh, Good Morning America, obviously. But and Good Morning Vietnam. Did, in, in, uh, Good Morning. Uh, also, he, in Awakenings, he accidentally broke Robert De Niro's draw in that movie. Did he? That no one, no one knows about that. He actually did it. And, well, uh, apparently you knew about it, Ralph. Yeah, if you look it up, he accidentally broke his jaw. He didn't mean to do it, uh-huh. but he broke his jaw. It was also a very good humanitarian. He paid every year for one person to go to Juilliard for four years for a full ride. Wow. And guess who he, he gave one to? And she, she you, Ralph. Found, she really, he gave one to Jessica to, to stand. She never Just, really got a chance to, to thank him. Really? But he paid he, he paid every year for one person to go to Juilliard. It was who was a struggling person. Sure. He was one of them. That's that's, he, uh, that's interesting. I didn't know that story. But yeah, you mentioned a bunch of his good movies, no doubt. And I, I, I love him as a straight actor. I do. I think he's he's brilliant in all the. But and then the comedy movies and Aladdin will forever be special. I mean, for me, growing up, Aladdin was the best. He was he's so good as the genie. It's crazy. And Hook, you mentioned Hook. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's a comedic role, but another great movie. Love Hook. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Manning back, steps up, heaves one down the middle of the field, into the end zone, and Mitch makes the catch for the touchdown! He went up with the big hands and caught it on the Hail Mary on the final play of the half! When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. So I just realized that my pant pocket won't open. Like if, I don't know why. I haven't gone into my right pocket yet today. And it's like sticky and I can't even open my pocket. And I look in there and I try and pry it open. I was like, gum? What is in there? And there's an orange Skittle that has melted. And my son had a Skittle. Had, they gave out candy at the basketball game I was at. And he must have put a Skittle in my pocket. I don't know when he did it. Uh, he's, he's got great sleight of hand because I was unaware I had a Skittle in my pocket, and now it has melted and completely shut my pocket. And it's disgusting, and I'm not sure it's ever going to come out in the wash. And uh, I'm not happy about it. And now you're going to be thinking about it the entire drive home. Yeah. I'm going to be touching it the entire drive home, trying to open up my pocket. Not that there's any money in there, that's for sure. 877-337-6666. And at what point of the basketball game did they give out Skittles? Well, it was a kid's, like, the the reason we went to the game was because it was, like, bring the the rec basket, and they did something at halftime. They did, they ran, like, relay races and stuff. So it was, like, the high school did an event where bring your, your Warwick Little League for, I can't think of the, the term for it, so I'll call it Little League, bring your Little League basketball team. So they all went there. There was a bunch of kids there with, with their basketball jerseys on, and they ran relay races and stuff. And then, they yeah, on the they gave out candy for some of the kids at that halftime thing. So he went, came back uh, with Skittles, and I don't know when it happened, but he put a Skittle in my pocket. Didn't tell me. And it's I, funnier that it's just one. Like if yeah, it was a no, bunch one, of Skittles. Just one Skittle that is now flattened and melted in my pocket and has completely just, it's like, it's like crazy glue. Those are the worst things for you, too. I, sh- I probably shouldn't have let him eat the Skittles. Apparently, those are, like, apparently just absolutely horrible for you. 
Skittles are like the worst thing you can eat. You're better off eating like, you know, literally. And now you're going to hate them too. for fish than Skittles. What's that? And now you're going to hate Skittles too. Oh, yeah. I've, always, I've never been a big Skittles guy. I'm a, I'm a gummy yeah, guy they're, for they're sure. Yeah, they're terrible. Yeah, I'm not a big Skittles guy. Uh, gummies are my thing. When I the when they came out, when they first came out, now they've been around forever. But when they first came out, my favorite candy of all time, when it first came out, was the gummy lifesavers. When gummy lifesavers oh, those first are so came underrated. Out, they're they're tremendous. When gummy lifesavers first came out, they were my favorite thing. I've I've you know come and gone with different things, but when they first came out, I remember I was nonstop in the gummy lifesavers. But uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big gummy guy. Like the gummies for candy. I mean, chocolate bars. There's a there was a chocolate bar. Most of the candy that I love is from when I was a kid. That I like. There was a candy bar. I don't know if you guys remember. You might. I, and I don't think they make it anymore. I never see it anyway. There was a candy bar called Bar None. Do you remember a, car, a, a candy bar called Bar None? Never heard of it. Yeah, it was like a almost. It was like a cookie with chocolate on top, kind of like a Twix, but not really. But it was like a chocolate cookie. Like the the cho- the cookie was like dark colored like chocolate and then there was chocolate on top of it so it was like a lot of chocolate but there was a candy ball called bar none i never see it anymore i probably haven't seen it since i was 15 years old even younger but i loved it and the only candy that we ever kept around the house was my father was obsessed with chunky bars you you know what a chunky bar is right yeah that okay so there was always there was a lot of there was chunky bars around the house every once in a while because my dad liked chunky bars but uh Definitely bar none. If anyone, I gotta see. If, I gotta Google see if they're still bar none. Bill and Long, Bill and Long Beach. What's up, Bill? Morning, team. How you doing today? What's up, man? How are you? Uh, doing well. A um, couple things on the movies, and then one point on the Knicks. Uh, Love the Robin Williams conversations over the last few days. Uh, right there with you. One of the all-time greats. Mm-hmm. And my kids are getting older now, and I finally feel like they're at the right age where I can start introducing some of those movies. Um, some of his all-time greats, and they they love him. Those movies hold up over time. Oh, no doubt. Dead Poets, Good Morning Vietnam. Oh, yeah, no doubt. It's amazing. Yeah, no, Dead Poets Society. Dead Poets Society is so good. It definitely, it's just, it's so good. And, and, you know, I'm not a big actor, but I told my kids, you got to enjoy acting in these movies. Just pay attention. And Good Will Hunting, to me, is just phenomenal. Yeah. What he did in that movie. Yeah, he was he was great in that movie. That the 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 mon I mean the whole thing the the conversations with with Matt Damon all of them are so good but that that monologue out on the on the bench um, was just you know is is such a classic scene. You watch it again and it sends a chill through your spine. Yeah, you know? no doubt about it. Yeah, I ask you about love, you'll probably quote me a sonnet like that whole. It was it was very very good, very good. Yeah, amazing. Uh, Bill Murray um, for me, all the Wes Anderson movies love them. Yeah. Rushmore. Royal Tenenbaums, Grand Budapest Hotel, just my my favorite's the, the my, my favorite's the Life Aquatic. I th- I thought with uh, Steve Zuzu or Steve Zuzu, whatever it's called, the Life Aquatic is really funny. I, I it's it's an offbeat Wes Anderson type film. It's really good, no doubt. But he was great in all those roles. Yep. Good films and uh, you know high, the, certainly awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick's yes, Nick's finally. Love the Knicks right now. We talked about them a few times now. Um, but the things that I would guess I would say that stand out to me, and, and yeah. you and I talked about going back to our days. I'm only a couple years older in the 90s and loving those teams. What you love about this team is just they're lovable. You know, they're great. They're, they're obviously talented players, but the way that they play, the way how hard they work, um, 
they're not just guys that go out there and win games, you know, and that's the piece that sort of resonates with the city is just their attitudes, the way they play the game, you know, they, they come across as sincere. You got Brunson breaking into tears on the post game last night. It's just, uh, you, you, you know, you can't, you got to watch it to really, to really sort of feel it. And once yeah. you watch it and you feel it, it's just like, no, there's no doubt about so, it. The team, so the, long, no, the so team, the team is building, you know, as you just put the team's building feels, there's no doubt about it. We're all having, we're all having Nick feels. There's no, if you're a Knicks fan, if you're watching this team and thank you for the call bill, if if you're watching the way this team has responded since that Ananobi trade, like to every possible situation, I mean, every time there's a test, every time there's an issue, every time a guy goes down, every time they fall behind, like it's just, it's remarkable. They are on one hell of a run here where nothing seems to stop them. Now, I know they had a rough night uh, against the Magic. I know the Mavericks and, and obviously Kyrie came out shooting the lights out and beat them. But like, besides that, I mean, those two games are literally the only games they've lost in the year. Now, a lot of it is, you know, the Bulls, the Grizzlies without Ja, the Rockets, the Wizards, the Raptors, who've, you know, obviously moved on from everybody and are breaking it down, the Hornets, the Jazz. Uh, but, the, you know, you mix in a 30-point victory over the defending champions and allow... They had 84 points in that game. You mix in the first one against the Timberwolves. I mean, it's just every time they've been tested. And now these last these last handful of games without Randall and now without Ananobi, it's, it's unbelievable the way they've stepped up and how they've handled every situation. And every time they need something, whether it's, you know, you need DiVincenzo to hit nine threes, you get it. You need you need Brunson to score forty. You need sixty rebounds. You need whatever you need. You need a defensive effort and hold hold the team under hundred. Whatever it takes, the Knicks are there for it. And there is no doubt about it. There are vibes around this team that we haven't experienced in a long time. And we can ask the question, you know, the simple question of Are they good enough? Are they good enough? Are they good enough? I still want to go out there, and I would. I trust Leon Rose, and I trust. Tibbs to coach it up and him to bring in someone, whoever it is, whoever it is. I, I don't think a superstar or a major piece is is plausible right now, but if they go get a a Brogdon or that guy, I, that's still where I think they need it most. I understand the down Randall, uh, but, I mean, the way, uh, uh, you know, Precious Achua has stepped in, I feel okay about the front court. You're expecting Randall back. I don't know when, and I'm concerned about the injury. And you're expecting Mitchell Robinson back, and I don't know when, but you expect it back for the, the final push run and certainly into the playoffs. I, I'm okay there. I'm okay there right now. And not that I'm not okay everywhere because the way they're playing, you're, you're, you certainly feel that way. But like I, I want that. I want what quickly provided and what they have been without since. I, I don't I, – I, McBride's done a nice job too. And the last couple games in particular, he's played good defense. Uh, he shot the, he's, he's, he's shot the ball better the last couple games. He stepped up a little bit, and then obviously without Grimes too uh, last night. So I, I, I'm feeling better about him, but I still – I think you can upgrade that position. You can upgrade that's that, that, that guy off the bench, the offense off the bench, that leader of the second unit, somebody who can get his own shot. Like I feel, I would feel a lot better about this team if they got that piece. Because as much as I, I like the guys who are playing right now, I, I don't view them as the same level as Brogdon or 
you know, even even Jordan Clarkson in, uh, in Utah, who had a miserable night against the Knicks, but is you know the number one bench scorer in the NBA. Like those are the kind of pieces right now that I would look to add to this team. And never, never in my life, you know, have we felt better about a Nick decision maker and coach like whoever it is. I feel like Leon Rose has the finger on, on the, the finger of the pulse of this team. And Tibbs absolutely knows how to coach it up. I've never been more excited. Let's talk about it. 877-337-6666. Powered by Paramount Plus. Stream the NFL on CBS live on Paramount Plus. You know, I didn't get a chance to mention uh, the Mets on the verge of signing Diekman, uh lefty reliever. Uh, who was obviously good for the Rays, not so good other places, but, you know, those Rays, they figure it out. They figure out a way to turn it into something special. Rays and Astros, that's what they do. So another lefty reliever, something for this team that's nice. I think the bullpen actually is, I I, I would think, you know, one of the, the better units, far better than the starting rotation right now. They, they did put some decent pieces out of Vino coming back. The bullpen for the Mets should be at least, you know, competitive. And obviously, you're going to get back Diaz uh, to bolster at the back end. It should be a decent bullpen, which has been a struggle for the, you know, besides you know, a couple of years ago when Diaz was unbelievable. But through the through the sandy years, through all the years, the bullpen has been something hard to lock down for the Mets. Uh, but they seem to, at least on that level, give this team a decent bullpen. But the rotation is a mess with a lot of question marks, and the offense. You know, is in desperate need of a bat for me. So we could yell as much as I'm yelling about Cashman, the Yankees, uh, this morning, and how disappointed I am they didn't go make a trade for uh, Burns, and they allowed the Baltimore Orioles to do it. They need to go out there and do more. But I'm uh, if I'm a Met fan, I'm I'm really furious with this offseason. Furious. That's right, furious. Oh, it's finally time we do the build a team. That's how you do it. Well, you know what you're talking about. Okay. I don't give up on seasons. And I'm not saying this is a complete and utter give up, but I'm saying this is a complete and utter give up. Like, they don't care about this year. So what it feels like, and and listen, there's enough talent on the team where it might not be an awful, awful team, but you really, I mean, right in a division with an upstart Miami team, a Philadelphia team that has now been a proven performer and proven playoff performer, and arguably... The best, you know, team of the last couple of years in the Atlanta Braves, all in that division. And, you know, you're going to attack it with Vientos and Beatty. Okay. And a rotation full of guys who, if everything goes right, could be pretty good. Okay. Okay. 877-337-6666. But more of that to come. As we get into next week, <clears throat> we'll have our Super Bowl week. We'll get through Super Bowl, and then it will be baseball season. And hopefully some of these guys sign, and we have a better feel for what this team is, uh, what these teams are in in the Yankees and Mets. Hopefully the Yankees go out and get another starting pitcher. Hopefully the Mets do something. And we can really start to prepare for spring training. They report on, I believe, Valentine's Day or right around there. And we'll still have a Knicks season, clearly. But we'll start to turn our attention more to baseball as we move forward. Looking forward to it. 
Uh, Eddie in Rockland. Hello, Eddie. Hey, Chris. What's hey, up, what's up, Ed? What's uh, Little Stripes? Is that not my number one uh, Bill Murray movie? Stripes. Behind, uh, Meatballs and What About Bob? And What About Bob? Three very good ones. What about Bob? What about Bob is pretty damn hilarious. He's uh, he drives Richard Dreyfus absolutely crazy. Yeah. Well, they made a good. I'm surprised they didn't. Uh, more movies together. Yeah, they could have done but, like uh, you know. How about Bob Part Two? He's he's very uh, picky who he works with. You think he Bill, could work with Dan Dan uh, Murray? Bill Murray's he picky with who he works with. Sure, he he could done a, mon, a million movies with Dan Aykroyd. He could have took uh, John Pelushi's place when he died. He could have done a lot of things with. Hmm. Uh, he could have been a, bru- a blues brother after. Yeah, huh. well, uh, what's his name did, but Belushi's brother did. What's his name from the TV series? Yeah, Jim Belushi. Yeah, Jimmy, he was good. Jimmy's a good actor. He's okay. But, uh, and that was years uh, let's later. Let's get on though. the Super Bowl. What, what are you Super Bowl. in Vegas? When am I landing in Vegas? Yeah, you're going, right? You're oh, yeah, nope. Yeah, yeah they're, all, they're all flying me out. I'm in the penthouse of the, of, uh, the win. It's going to be great. Can't wait for it. All you need is uh, one credential. You know, all you need a spot on the floor and mm-hmm. uh, and an airplane ticket. You don't need much from these morning guys. They, you mean, you, dude? How long have you been on the overnight now? Uh, uh, like six months now. Yeah, July tenth. Okay. You know, you know, Gio uses your, your clips of you all the time. You know, I'm part of his show all the time. You think you can lean, uh, you know, a couple of nickels your way to put you on this trip? Um, I mean, yeah, I don't think it's, I don't, I, as much as I'd love to tell you, yeah, that'd be great. Um, I don't think it's a, I don't expect Gio to shell, I don't expect the morning show Boomer and Gio to shell out money to bring me to Vegas. And then plus, like, I, you know, it's just when, when, when am I even on then? Like, it's just, uh, I guess it would just be night time, right? I don't know. Yeah, it'd be on 11 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night. That would be fun. But no, the station's not, you know, listen, I told you, I got a place at the wind. It's going to be great. You kidding me? Golf and blackjack by day, talking New York sports at the Super Bowl by night. See what I can get on. Come walk through, talk about Propecia or whatever else they're peddling. Be tremendous. I can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. So excited. So excited for my trip down to Vegas. Um, I would say I try to sneak into Boomer's luggage, but even Boomer doesn't have luggage that big. Uh, Don in Brooklyn, what's up, Don? So you're talking about how excited you were, you are about. I am. Know, I was. How, I were. How, and we all are. I mean, we all are. Yeah. So I'm 74 years old. In May of 1970, uh, we watched. We were at Rutgers, graduating from Rutgers, uh, and we watched. We watched the seventh game live, and it was on tape delay coming out of Philadelphia, and it was on yep. tape delay. In New York, wonderful yeah. time. The world is a different um, place. Can you imagine a tape delayed NBA Finals? Now? Really, really. And, and, and the, and, the I, Miracle on Ice was tape delayed. Like a lot, a lot of stuff was tape delayed back then. Crazy. Well, that was the last. That was the last of them. Um, a couple of quickies. Sure. Um, I, I like I quickies. A, I, w- I was in a business where we used uh, DVDs as promotional items. Okay. And uh, we sold about. 25,000 copies of Aladdin to a dental supply business to use it as a giveaway. And Disney gave us money to put an ad on their 
front page of their uh, flyer. Okay. But but we were not allowed to use the picture of the Aladdin because Robin Williams owned the intellectual property of the Is Aladdin. Is that a fact? <laughs> yes. How about and that? Forrest Gump, and Forrest Gump, when we did Forrest Gump, Forrest Gump would not sit on the bench because he owned the intellectual property of Forrest Gump. Tom, Tom Hanks wouldn't let you use it? Nope, not allowed to use it. Huh. Intellectual property. Intellectual that, property. That's interesting. I would not have thought, I mean, the, I don't know the backstory of the genie that much. It was supposed to be somebody else. Tom Tom Hanks and, and um, there's a great series on Netflix. They have a couple of them. They have the, the toys that made us and they have the movies that made us. And they do these deep dives on how the most successful movies of our time uh, were made, and all the different trials and tribulations, and all you know, you know, all of the stories. So like, I, and then that's when I knew we weren't making the movie. Like, you know, that's always there's always a moment where, the, and that's when it all fell apart. But then miraculously, I thought for sure we weren't going to make it, and I went down to the set, and the director told me to go take a walk. And I said, that's it. I'm pulling your funding. Like that's that. And all of them, there's like a moment where the whole thing was going to just absolutely fall apart. And I, and you know, Tom Hanks, there was a couple of different castings. He was attached early on and then they were going to go, he was doing something else. He was shooting Philadelphia, I guess, or whatever movie he was shooting and it wasn't going to happen. And then for a while, um, John Travolta was going to, was going to step in and, and be the role. Uh, and you know, the amount of money it took to get all the songs licensed for the movie, the soundtrack's incredible. And it's so important to the story that Robert Zemeckis didn't want to, you know, make the movie without having these all these, you know, 60s and 70s hits attached to the movie. It was really fascinating to learn about all the movies. Uh, they had one on Dirty Dancing. They had one on, um, on obviously, Forrest Gump. They had a couple of really interesting full deep dives on how the movies were made and all the different... Uh, problems that came across and and all the different casting situations, all the set problems, and he he had to shoot on top of this mountain, and we told him, Ted, there's no way we can get to that mountain, and it had to be in the the winter months because there had to be snow on the ground, like all that kind of stuff. The man had his vision, and if you don't if you don't realize your vision, then you you're making somebody else's movie. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? If you don't have a vision for a show, you're doing somebody else's show. I have my own vision. And I'm looking at the clock right now, waiting for that vision. I'm waiting for that the vision of the, the closing music. I'm waiting for it. Hold on. Let's imagine it. Let's let's visualize it. It's coming. I know it's coming eventually. There it is. I I manifested the close. I'm telling I'm I, I, you got. What, Oz the Mentalist in here? Is that his name? Beat that one. How did I know that music was coming? Thank you guys for calling. Thank you guys for listening. It was a wild five hours. I appreciate it. Let's go Knicks on Saturday night against L.A. See if they can keep this winning streak alive and the Yankees need to pivot. But everybody, have a great weekend. I'm looking forward to it. It starts right now. Jack Fleegs, appreciate all the help. The warm-up show is next with Jerry Recco and Al Dukes. I'll catch you guys next Monday, 2 a.m. as usual. Everybody have a great weekend. I'll see you then. I'm out of here. Sports Radio 101.9 FM.
WFAU.